Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal. Andy Brant-Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. Catherine will be in at some point, probably for the second hour. Michael Bryant was going to come in for the first hour, but I I, I think I, while I was in a business meeting, I got a call from him, so I assume he's not going. Maybe he is going to. That'd be good. You never know with Mike. You never know. You're right. We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. She really wants to do the show. So. <clears throat> yeah, she's terrific. Ladies and gentlemen, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. So I've decided that I should get out of my convertible. I never really bonded with it. And like everybody else, yeah, you know, I like my little two-seater better, so I'm going to sell this one and maybe in the spring look around for another thing. And you might say, what does this have to do with Walzer Automotive Group? Well, I put the car in Craigslist and AutoTrader two days ago. I've got uh, 15 calls and texts and emails. One of them was legit, and the 14 are scammers. It's just terrible out there. If you have a, and I would actually sell this to Walzer. If I don't sell it this fall, I probably will in the spring. They're kind of slowing down on their sports car inventory right now. Uh, But if you've got a car that you want to sell and you don't want to go through all that hassle, you can sell it directly to Walzer. You can email me at dougatwalzer.com, and I'll connect you with the right people. You've really got to, especially Craigslist, you've got to be really careful had so many people offering to come by with a check for more than i want to sell the car for and i'll just give them the title and then a check for the difference uh, and yeah it's terrible so don't get screwed sell your car to walzer don't get screwed i'm a marketing genius i that sounds like paul walzer to me <laughs> don't get screwed walzer automotive group walzer.com why is the music You're so a disaster. Oh, the music's it. like so low. I don't know what's going on. Mm. Not normally Maybe you should pay low. your phone bill, Speaking sister. Speaking of scams, it's a phone call from Texas. Oh, yeah. There you go. I bet. There you go. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. A little news, a little information. I, I don't understand something. And, Doug, you know, you and Michael are friends of mine. You both lean left. I've got friends that lean right. I don't have any way far left or way far right friends because I can't tolerate those people. Mm-hmm. But why can't the media for once just be honest about something? Are they ever going to be honest again? Well, that's kind of a broad question. <laughs> Well, what, what specifically are you talking about? Lawrence O'Donnell thought he had a scoop damaging to President Trump. Instead, the president was pointing to the resulting controversy at MSNBC as an example of unfair treatment by the media. The totally inaccurate reporting by Lawrence O'Donnell, for which he has been forced to by NBC to apologize, is no different than the horrible, corrupt, and fraudulent fake news. And I, I don't want to go on with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, I got it. I, I guess I heard about the story. I didn't really dive into he it. He lied. It was not, oh, they, they reported it as a flub. It was not a flub. He lied. And I think he knew he was lying by, by saying, if true. He kept saying, if true. Yeah. That's, why would you report That's National something? Enquirer reporting, it right? Is. That's National Enquirer. This man needs to be fired today. Cassie Seriously. may be a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> if true, I'm going to keep Catherine away from her. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly what My I'm talking about. My favorite is may have up to. It's like, yeah. you know. Trump may have yeah. killed up to a million people. No, well, see, no, hundred million. 
Are you kidding? I, I've been trying oh, not to read the mo- news. I've missed that I entirely. I was just making something up. But... You were? Because it actually happened. Oh, my God. There was a guy on CNBC or CNN the other night with that, uh, they call him the, the, the uh, uh, Humpty Dumpty. What the hell is his name? They call him oh, Humpty I Dumpty. Know what you mean. Brian Stetler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Brian Stetler. This guy comes on. He looks like he's drunker than hell. At least he's a booze hound just looking at him. He's not looking good. And says, look, President Trump has killed more people than Hitler, Stalin, and Mao combined, Mm -hmm. uh, and possibly many millions more. They killed 150 million people. That's that's just crazy. Why? I don't care what side you're on. I just hate stupid people. I couldn't agree more. And Look, I have friends on the right that are like, you can't listen to this news about President Trump. He's there. It's ruining your opinion of him. I said, you know, what's really ruining my opinion of the president is, is his own tweets. He won't shut up. <laughs> it's like, dude, just dude, get, put it away. I know he won't shut up. But, uh, yeah, so the, this guy, and, and Stetler just sits there and doesn't respond, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Afterward, of course, there's a firestorm, and Settler says, oh, my, my earpiece uh, wasn't working. You lying sack oh, of garbage. Boy. These people are, look, and they're, they're just as bad on the right as they are on the left. I'm sick to death of it. All the, the only reason they're doing that, ladies and gentlemen, and to tell you the truth, the reason I don't do it is because our show makes a lot of dough. It has a lot of listeners that have a lot of money. Right. It makes a lot of dough. So I don't have to lie to people to get them to watch my horrible TV shows. Right, so, so basically, Stetler says, "Oh, I didn't. I couldn't hear him. My my earpiece wasn't. Yeah, you could hear him. You're a, a lying sack." Uh, so, so this guy tries to claim that, that Donald Trump has killed upwards of 150 to 200 million people. I, 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 he pr- must have meant Hillary. <laughs> yeah, he must have been Hillary Clinton. Now, this puke comes along. This I've never liked this Lawrence O'Donnell anyway. He's a very, very prissy, like, yeah. I'm an Ivy Leaguer. Yeah. He's one of those guys. We don't know whether... Oh, no, here's how he reported it. We don't know whether the information is accurate, but the fact is we, uh, we do know it wasn't ready for broadcast, O'Donnell said on the air Wednesday night. And for that, I apologize. Not good enough, says Eric Trump. I agree. You lied flat out, and you knew you were lying. This was a reckless attempt to slander our family. I don't want to hear what the Trump response, because you know what that's going to be. But this guy literally said through the story, if true, what he was claiming is that one guy at Deutsche Bank told him that Donald Trump's loans were signed off by basically the Russian mafia. Ah, good. Uh, Okay, well. I just, why do you need to tell lies like that just to get your people? Your people are going to turn on Trump anyway. You don't need to lie like that. They can't stand Trump. CNN listeners are never going to accept Trump. It's not going to happen. No. Fox listeners are never going to accept Hillary. It's He's, just never going to happen. Trump's driving the bus over Fox now. Yeah, he is. I yeah. saw that. He said that they're unfair now. Trump yeah, is nuts. they're not because they're not helping the presidency and that his supporters yeah. should find another news outlet. I thought maybe Babylon Bee or The Onion would be good. Well, the Onion be good. I'd like that. The, the Waterford, Waterford uh, Whispers. Whispers would be great. Here, here's the problem that I have. I, 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 we just got a report of a 12-year-old boy that shot somebody at a bus stop here in Minnesota. What you're doing is driving everyone to the point, they're driving everyone nuts, and you are causing violence in our streets by lying to people claiming things like this garbage. A 12-year-old boy is going to believe you when he hears our president has killed over 150 million people. Yeah. He's going to believe it. Mm, a somebody lot of adults will. do. Somebody will. It's got to stop. It's it, How do they allow reporting like that? And, of course, you can't sue them because the Supreme Court ruled yeah. many years ago that you cannot sue Public news outlets. Figures. Yeah, that's right. It's just terrible. Of course, well, you Trump can destroy didn't, the career. didn't help his case no, when he I said agree. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody uh, and still get elected. I agree. That doesn't help either. I don't know why he said, well, he's an arrogant. Well, that's why. That's the problem. He's arrogant as hell. And he was, sadly enough, he was probably right. (laughs) But you know why he is so arrogant? He has to make up for the fact that daddy gave him $50 million to start his career. Yeah. So he can't even say, I've been a great success. You were funded to the hilt. And I don't dislike Donald Trump. I don't hate Donald Trump, and I don't hate Brian Stetler or Lawrence O'Donnell. I don't hate him. I'm not going to waste my time hating these people. But you people need to shut up. All of you need to shut up. I, and serve the people. I got something that's a little interesting. Well, I you're did having some sex with Alan Omar, too? No. Oh, okay. Not anymore. 
<laughs> Not anymore. So I've been seeing all these ads on TV about yeah. Doctor Patient United. Mm-hmm. You seen those things? They're going mm-hmm. after Tina Smith. Yep. <clears throat> well, apparently it's a mystery group. Nobody can really figure out who they are, okay. and they've got thirteen million dollars that they've been putting into Senate races in various states, okay. running those ads. All right. So it, you know the name is like. It's like the Patriot Act, which we had after 9-11, which right. if you look at it closely, there's not much patriotic in there. I right. think a lot of his stuff was necessary, but it really restricted the liberties of Americans. Right. And you look at Citizens United, that sounds really good, but what mm-hmm. Citizens United really is is allowing corporate dollars to flow into politics, which most people would say, well, that's not citizens. Doctor-patient unity, you would think, well, I like my doctor, and every once in a while I'm a patient, we should be right. on the same team. right. So this is what they're against. Um, there are bills both in, on both sides uh, that are trying to do the same thing, and it's to curb what's called uh, surprise billing. So in other words, if you get a bill from a hospital and your insurance only covers so much and you get a surprise bill right now, they're, they're allowed to bill you for the difference. Right. So what this, what this legislation that Dr. Patient United is against is trying to do the legislation is trying to say you can't do that anymore. You right. can't charge people. If the insurance is going to pay it, and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I just hate that kind of stuff. I it's agree like, with you completely. You put a label on it, and it sounds really good. You know, I watch those ads, and I'm like, okay, who are these people? Why have I never heard of them before? And, you know, if you do a little research on the Internet, it's amazing what you can find. I just really wish people would stop with this we're going to impeach Trump thing because that's never going to happen either. No. Uh, Comey violated FBI protocol, says government watchdog. Oh, so say the courts. They've already said, though, they're not going to prosecute him. No, of course This is not. the head of the FBI that broke FBI protocol to try to throw somebody under the bus, and he's not going to get prosecuted for it. Trump's not going to get impeached. That's never going to happen. No. None of these people are. They're well, all very I mean, Trump wealthy. Trump could, people. but not for what's happened already. I mean, there's something that have to come that would yeah. be really terrible. So you never say never, but yeah, that's true. So, but based on the re, the Mueller report, he's not going to. You know, no, he could get impeached, but it would never go through the Senate. Here's the problem I have: the the people from 12 years old to let's say you know 24 years old, something like your brain's not fully formed until you're 28. So you're not thinking clearly anyway. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was 68. You mean yeah, I'm, I'm done? Any day now, <laughs> any, any century now, we'll be good to Damn go. It. But no, I, those are the people being affected by this. The, you did notice that these, these you know, so-called white national shooters, although one was the one far left and one was far right and whatever, they're 22-year-old guys. Why? Because they hear this garbage. Their brains aren't fully formed yet. What's they the can't testosterone? There's not a lot of seventy-year-old no mass murderers. It. There's no. there's some, but most of them are guys that are, you know, eighteen to thirty-five or forty. I think if 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 Donald Trump could meet with Nancy Pelosi and they both step up and say we need to stop this because people are being killed because we won't shut up about one another and that is the reason it's not white nationalism or racism or any, it turns into racism. Because you keep telling people that you're a white man, therefore you're horrible. Yeah, throw the Jew down the well is a joke. The, yes, it was a joke for Christ's sake. Don't do sake. it. Exactly right. So that's all I'm saying is they need, all of these news organizations need to shut up, stop it, get a like. Uh, let me put it, I'll give you an example. I voted for president twice in my life. The president won. Okay? Twice it's happened. I voted for Bill Clinton the first time, and he got elected. And then I voted for George W. Bush the first time, and he got elected. The second time for Bill and the second time for Bush, I didn't vote for either one of them. So the only two times in my life I voted for the right guy was the first Clinton and the first Bush. If that doesn't show that I have pretty much an even keel look at it, I don't know what to tell you, but I, I don't sit around and want to go, my guy and my woman got beat. Yeah, what, know, oh, God, what are you doing? My person didn't win. I'll get over it. Right? That's right. All of you need to calm down. You got beat. Sorry. Your Hillary supporters, she got beat because she was a horrible. She got beat by Donald Trump. That shows what a horrible candidate she was. Mm -hmm. You know, and and, and one. It's funny if they had put anyone else forward, they probably would have. I think either party could have run Bill the Cat and and won in a landslide against either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. I agree with you completely. President Bill. Neither one of them was any good. I, I just, I'm not a fan. 
uh, I don't understand why people get so, why do you think people get so personally involved? And I'm asking all three of you this. Why do you think it, people get so personally involved in national elections? It's odd. Because the media makes it into, like, you know, good guys versus bad well, guys. Well, they do. That's true. But there are no good guys. A lot of people have a very cartoon Jimmy Carter, he's world. a good guy. Yeah, Jimmy Carter's a good him? guy. Yeah, 94 right. years old, he had a hip replacement, and a week later he's building houses for Habitat for Humanity. Mm. I know. Doesn't get any better than that. You know, come to think of it, three times, because I voted for him, too. He only had one, uh, one four-year run, but I voted yeah. for it. I was pretty much... Basically, and I'm, I'm very, being very honest with you about this. I was pretty much, well, I still test le- left of center when I do the questionnaire. I still test left of center. But I voted pretty much strictly for Democrats until they started this uh, on the news. It was yeah. the news that changed me forever. The newspapers, NPR, NPR, uh, television, that changed me forever. I said, I can't, I can't put up with this anymore. I didn't vote for Clinton the first time around because I thought he was a total slime ball. And Which, I liked uh, That's Bush. why I did vote for him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but then the second time around, it's like, okay, the economy's rocking. He's actually right. a lot smarter than I thought. Just, But he is a dirtbag. Yeah, There's keep no your question. pants zipped yeah. up and we will get through this. I mean, here's a guy that I, I, I know, somebody that worked in the Atlanta news office of one of the TV stations. He used to come in and whack off on the back of women's shirts. That's great, isn't it? Does he know Louis C.K.? Yeah, Louis C.K. They could all go hang out. So, so here's what we're doing. Nobody's angry on this show. Were they turtlenecks or? I hope. <laughs> I hope so. His was a turtleneck, but I heard it was thumb sized. <laughs> Who was that woman that said that his penis was some thumb sized? I think that was. They were talking about Trump. I think that was Stormy. No, Daniels. no, oh, no, no, no. She no. said mushroom. She said mushroom. Oh, That's right. God, gross. They said thumb sized for Bill Clinton and a mushroom for Donald Trump. That explains <laughs> it all right there. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So it's a compensation job, Little right? Little man syndrome. Drive a Corvette or get to be the president. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Sorry, Corvette owners everywhere. That's exactly. Right. Great. Now I'm right. going to visualize something every time I see a man, a candidate that's a man. You know what's really funny <laughs> about this, Cassie, is when I do talk, do those kinds of uh, talks, you know, those yeah. kinds of stories on KQ, I get women in the talk and text line, would you use your movie trailer voice and say that again? <laughs> like, Things are hard and moving fast. <laughs> Could you say that again in your movie trailer? I was like, settle was, down, you big babies. He was the size of a thumb. <laughs> the size of a thumb. A button mushroom. <laughs> How great it does would sound that funnier. Be? It does sound funnier. They were right. It does sound funnier. His penis was the size of a button mushroom. <laughs> but he was a world leader. I don't, honest to God. Isn't that just... Honest to God, what a that, life I've That had. goes in the best of right there. Yeah, yeah there you go. So look, we're, nobody at this table uh, is upset about anything. We have differing views. Not, not really that severely differing, I don't think, between the four of us sitting at this table right yeah. now. You know, I... I just leave me alone. Leave us alone. Start trying to report. First of all, CNN is going to go out of business. That Jeffrey Zucker is the worst businessman yeah. I have ever seen. He almost destroyed NBC, and then CNN gives him the job. Yeah. What are you doing? I don't know. He's just, he's just, ugh. He's, once again, he's the kind of guy, and I say this all the time, got his underwear pulled up his ass in gym class, and we all have to pay for the rest of time. He had his underwear pulled up in pulled gym up class. Pulled up his ass in gym class. <laughs> then he fought back. Dun, dun, dun. And we'll be right back. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. 
Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced contour laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. So we just did a deal. I have a, I have a uh, Fender Stratocaster in my house with an old Fender, uh, Fender amp, and it's really, really cool and all the rest of it. We looked it up. It's worth about three, four hundred bucks, and I'm going to give it to Doug, and then say it was worth forty thousand. There you go. And I've had some salmon for you <laughs> from you, Leon. From do you uh, have that with you? It's in. I put it in a cooler. It's in my car, so I'll give car. it to you. It's frozen, oh, so you can just thought I'd have it tonight. Andy, smoke. And that salmon, salmon is worth, like salmon. I think, fifty thousand. Fifty thousand well, dollars. You'd be writing it off. I just like that's one of my favorite stories of all time. When the five richest families in America got together and said. Well, we decided to donate most of our art, which is worth $11 million, yeah. according to who? Right. Uh, they, that whole art scam, it is such a scam on the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. They decide, well, how much is that worth? $11 million. Okay, we're going to donate to a museum and write yeah, it off. It's because upside what, down. What determines value yeah, is if someone's willing to pay it, that's, that's right. the value. That's correct. So that's what anything's people, worth. If yep. two people so get together and it. say, I'll buy that sandwich from you for $10 million, there you go. You can write it off as a $10 million loss. Isn't that just unbelievable? It is ridiculous. Why don't I get to do that? I did that for years. when I was I, One of my jobs was to train people how to buy used cars in the open market. And price their own inventory when it was time to sell. And I'd say, oh, yeah. you know, this is what it's worth. Well, I own it for that. I said, that doesn't mean anything. What no, you own something doesn't. for, if it's free or you own it for a million, it's only worth what somebody will write a check That's for. That's exactly right. It's so hard for people to understand that, though. If people don't understand that, unless you can get somebody to pay that for it, it's not worth that right. much. How do they not know that? Well, you get emotionally involved in stuff, you know, especially when you're buying and selling stuff for a living that is cool like cars. I mean, if you're yeah. buying... I don't know. Derivatives, that's kind of boring, and it's a numbers game. Right. It's like, that's a red Mustang, and it's got the blah, 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 and some of that. Well, nobody's come by in three months. It's time to go. You know, it's one of those situations. And I, I actually had I had to go through that because I'm not going to mention, you know, the value or whatever. But uh, about four years ago, our house was worth about twice what it's worth now. Oh, wow. Just because there's yeah. no market for, for the, those houses anymore. Well, I think you, I don't know what your house is worth, and we don't need to talk about it in dollars. But, you know, once you get above, I think, half a million, it depends on the neighborhood, certainly. Yeah, it does, yeah. Most people that can spend more than that on a home want to build them themselves and yeah, customize them. And, but, I mean, our house will sell, but, 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 five, but four years ago it was worth twice as much. And a couple of years ago it was worth about three-quarters of that, and now it's basically worth what we built it for. Isn't that amazing? After yeah, all those years, amazing. it hasn't gained any value at all. And one of the reasons that happened, your boy Trump, the salt tax thing just killed oh, yeah, those that, yep. houses. It killed the sales of them. So anybody wants to talk about you know, how he's a big hero, he screwed pretty much everybody except for the very wealthiest. You know, oddly enough, the, the the ethanol farmers are all pissed at them now because they, heard, they've yeah. given a bunch of, and I don't quite understand it. I should probably read more about it before I talk about it. But apparently uh, the administration's given refineries uh, passes on having to buy ethanol fuel for blends. So a whole bunch of refineries yeah. said, yeah, yeah, you don't have to do that. It's like, well, and the farmers, and they're not all the same, but they generally tend to be yeah. conservative Republicans, and right. a lot of them are yep. big Trump supporters. And they're like, but dude, what are you doing? I know. What is he doing? I mean, I don't understand a lot of the things that he does. I just don't. Why do you want to cause problems? Because that's what he's doing. Yeah. 
And how how he ever he was ever talked into that salt tax thing? State and local taxes cannot be written off on your federal return any longer, which basically destroys the value of your home because if you're paying a lot of property taxes to live in a nice neighborhood, that's right. You're you not can't write it off anymore. Yeah. So so basically, well, me personally, Catherine and I, you know that tax cut that he he wrote in. By the time you figure out the salt tax being removed from your write off. Catherine and I basically are paying more than we were before the tax cut. Look at the birdie. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, too. Look over here while I jam it right down your throat. You know, so I don't think anybody other than the very, very wealthy got off with anything in this in this tax cut. You I know, Herman Cain was kind of a loony tune, but he and Malcolm yeah. Forbes, I think we're on the right track. Let's flat tax everybody yeah. and everything. I couldn't and agree on. more. It takes for me. $400 billion to run the government, so we're going to tax everybody so we get $400 billion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everybody will pay 7% or 11 or 12 or whatever it is. Right. Because then people wouldn't think that they were getting drilled. And I think in the, if you're in the middle class, if, you know, <coughs> a lot of people think they are getting drilled, and they probably are. Well, what? Well, what sucks, too, is each state has their own state tax yeah. laws. Yeah. So like in Minnesota, yeah. we don't pay clothing tax. Right. Okay, right. but in other states you do, but then they Most don't have states, yeah. state income tax, that's so right. it's like that's kind they of they get their money somewhere. Yeah, they need to have just nobody's kind of a running broad, a state for free. I know they just need yeah. to have like this broad thing just across from. Coast well, they could to do coast. a flat tax for yeah. Well, you know, I think that would run into resistance because the Constitution is set up to give the states a fair amount of power. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They were yeah. worried about an overarching federal government, which we kind of have anyway, but yes. this, it's the whole conservative states' right argument that I think is correct. So, mm-hmm. But if they flatten the federal tax, that would, that would be a... Yeah. It would take a, away a lot of this stuff because that's yeah. mostly what you're paying. You do pay some state tax, but your federal taxes yeah. are generally much, much higher. How many accountants and tax lawyers would lose their jobs, though? Well, just about all of them. Just about all of them, yes. They, but that job yeah. would just go away. Uh, they talked about 15% would be the number for everyone. Is that what it would be? So whatever you make, you got to pay 15% of it in taxes, yep. which is more than fair. Everybody should. Be. Nobody should live here without paying any taxes. Yeah, I agree. Whether they're extremely, you know, rich or they're, you know, <clears throat> lower middle class, you got to pay. You can't just live here for free, right? Well, a lot of people live for free, mm-hmm. and then they are the ones complaining that uh, everything's too expensive. Well, the reason everything's so expensive is because a lot of people don't hold up their end. Yeah, I do believe it is what the the upper five percent of earners pay ninety percent of the income taxes. Yeah. Yeah. If those five percent went away, our country would collapse in a couple of years. It would. It would collapse. So you, you got to be careful who you're bitching at here. That's right. You really do be very very careful about that. But I also I don't think I should be paying more federal tax than Amazon. I would have <laughs> to like, agree. How did with that you. happen? Oh, well, at least you at least you get to use the post office for free like they do, don't you? Well, they oh, have, maybe yeah. not. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have to put stamps on your I do. stuff. It's just this whole. I love thing. our little post office in Rosemont. You ever go in there? I love the nicest people in the world. I haven't gotten to that one. I go to the one in Egan mostly. And Check out the the Rosemont ones on one forty seventh and three. They're just they're awesome people. Okay. Well, you live in the shadow of David Koch, so Bill Maher hates you. Yeah, that's right. Don't forget that, Sprinthal. <laughs> so does Cassie. Yeah. And Cassie does, too. That's right. Close. You you and David Koch. She coaches in the, sha- in the shadow of the smokestacks. I do. In the shadow of the smokestacks. That yes. sounds like a TV show. Which, in a way, is good for Rosemont because they, they're they only going to be able to develop so close to, we're talking about, uh, what's it called now? It's a Coke refinery. It used to be called a Coke. That's not what it's called. Oh, it's not a call anymore. That's it's right. It's like Flint Hill uh, Resources. Flint Hills, yes. Flint, Flint Hill Resources. Well, Flint Hills is a big section of rural Kansas. Right. Which is where the Coke brothers right. are from. So from, that's yeah. where they came up with that name. But it does make it sound like, ooh, that would be a place to go see zebras and wild animals. It does, doesn't it? No, they just burn stuff. It stinks sometimes, <laughs> yeah. too. i got to be honest with you. How did they not figure out that long ago, figure that out long ago? You ever notice if I you know, own part of a business, there's never going to be a restaurant called Tommy B's. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Yeah. Although that sounds catchy. Tommy B. Yeah, it sounds catchy for people to be marching out front with placards. This guy sucks. (laughs) I don't think people really are that. You know what he did back in '93? They have Trump to be mad at, so they don't need to be mad at you. They don't need to be mad at me anymore. Pretty much. 
plus all the lies that we're told anyway. I still love that. It's unbelievable. But in any case, it's just it's just we need to just live our lives. You and I are going to get screwed by politicians for the rest of our lives. It's just how it is. You're, you are exactly right. It's true. It's we're going to get screwed by all of them for the rest of our lives, and that's. If I would have been smart and if I had known back in the day with my ability to ad-lib, I should have become a politician. I would have been a billionaire by now. The fact I don't that know. I could control I don't think people. Yeah. I couldn't do it, though. That's the whole yeah, problem. You're, you're, your temper's longer now that you're older, but if you tried to do it in your 30s, you, you wouldn't last too long. You mean threaten to kill people? Yeah. That's yeah, not probably good not good for your, for your governor to threaten to right. kill people. I don't, you know, you if know, it was 1850, it'd probably be a good governing style. Yeah, probably true. That's probably true. My first day as governor, I would say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Everybody shut up. We're all going to work together. We're all going to get the same benefits. Nobody gets any more than anybody else does. That's how it's going to be. And if you don't like it, then move. You know what I do my first day? Hmm. Headley. It's Headley. He- it's Headley. Headley Lamar. <laughs> God, that was so phenomenal. We were just talking about that again. We had the, uh, they were talking about the Darwin biggest ball of, uh, biggest ball of twine. Yep, I heard that. I was and listening. the mayor called in when you, you yep. were listening to the mayor. It was right in. before I was on. Oh, that's right. It was right before you were on. What a nice guy. Yeah. Mayor Johnson out there in Darwin, Minnesota. And I asked him. He had a great sense of humor. I said, you still have that uh, city limit sign that says, Darwin, we don't want the Irish. And he just started <laughs> laughing. You know, you got to have a sense of humor about yeah, all this I, stuff, I don't you? I totally agree. There's no point in being miserable. Yeah, there's just no no point. But here's a guy, runs his town. He's like uh, second generation. It skipped. His dad was never mayor, but his grandpa was. Oh, really? Yeah, it was cool. But, yeah, I... I you, how much longer do you think people are going to want to wallow in their own misery? Well, winter's coming, and that seems to be the wallowing season in the upper Midwest. It's only going to be worse. Yeah, then. that's what I, I'm, I'm afraid of. You know what else happened to me? Just, you know, it's down. 75. It's beautiful outside. It's and people are pissed off and complaining. It's like I know. Go for a walk. Just it's yeah, okay. Go for a walk. Give your kids a hug and kiss your wife or yep. your husband, and life is grand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh my God! So, Catherine and I are—we're we're going back into our old building with the podcast. We're moving over there. Uh, basically, I think our first day there is like November first. It could be earlier than that because we're going to rent it starting October first because they need this space uh, for the people here to use as a conference room. So we we have to move. <clears throat> so we're going to back to where we were, only on the third floor instead of the fifth floor. And we're just over there, and it's you know. So I, I walked down to the parking lot. Catherine and I drove separately because she had to run this errand that she's on right now. But I came over and I said, give me a kiss. I love you very much. She goes, I love you very much too, which has kind of been my downfall. It's <laughs> like, great. Thanks, honey. I feel much God, better about she myself. she is so much like Sarah. <laughs> really? Oh, same God, story? She'll just smart off to anybody. I know. It's unbelievable. It's great. Well, it's attractive. Yeah. You know, it is very attractive. Well, it makes you laugh. It makes me laugh. I can guarantee you that. Let's see. Is there anybody? Uh, oh, my God. There was a woman just cleared after she spent 35 years in prison. She gets $3 bucks. <sighs> i got to find out who she gets the $3 million from. I, think I don't I, know. I think I'd rather have the, the 30 years. I would rather have the 35 years than $3 million, I will tell you. Her name is Kathy Woods, the longest wrongfully incarcerated woman in the United States. Ooh, it's been hard on her too. Ooh. Well, thirty years in prison is not. Cassie, this good doesn't look anybody. a whole lot like you. Oh my God. Yeah, it looks like it's been a tough road to hoe in prison. Oh. She's got a smile on her face though. Uh, Kathy Woods appears in Washoe District Court in Reno, Nevada. Uh, yeah, she. I don't know. A woman who spent thirty-five years in prison for a Nevada murder she did not commit will get three million dollars in a partial settlement of a federal civil rights lawsuit. Kathy Woods, who's 60. Oh, she's only 68. Oh, no way. Yeah, she looks like she's about 80. Oh, she looks like she's well, straight yeah. out of the Ozarks. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? <laughs> Jail that. Yo, line up over here so yeah, I don't kill somebody. Yeah, she's got that sunken in face. Looks yeah, she like does. She's got no teeth. She does indeed. In any case, Kathy Woods, 68, will continue to seek additional damages from the city of Reno and former detective she accuses of coercing a fabricated confession from her while she was a patient in a Louisiana mental hospital. Oh, God, they prayed on a mental hospital patient. Oh, no. 
believed to be the longest ever wrongfully incarcerated woman in U.S. history. She was released from prison in 2015 when new evidence linked the 1976 killing of Reno College student Michelle Mitchell to an Oregon inmate, Rodney Hallbauer, who has since been convicted of two San Francisco Bay Area slayings that happened during the same time period. Uh, Rodney. Rodney, you've been killing women and you blamed it on Kathy Woods. Not related to Tiger Woods, by the way. Right. I'd like to point that out. She has no connection to Tiger Woods. Yeah, that's... See, that's what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. What we're talking about, everybody's crabbier than hell. It's beautiful outside. It's, uh, you know, August, almost September. Everything is just beautiful, and everybody's crabbier than hell. Well, as soon as you do 35 years in prison for no damn reason, get back to me about who should be crabby. Right? I mean, shouldn't people look at their lives and go, you know what, it really is not going to change my life that much. If Hillary was elected or Trump was elected, it really is not going to make that big a difference. Uh, Everybody needs to calm down. Right? I agree. We'll take a break and be right back with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Listen to you figuring it out. Now we're talking. Mm -hmm. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Jordan Asher Huffman. Jordan, how are you? Good. How are you, Tom? Doing extremely well. You know, many years ago, I I also do a morning show here in, in town, Jordan, and many years ago I interviewed Alan Parsons. What a nice person. Just a really good person. Oh, is it, isn't he amazing? He really is just very even keel. A great engineer. I'm, Jordan, he started out engineering things, right? He, he became a performer later on, but he started out as an engineer, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. His, uh, you know, believe it or not, it's um, a lot of people know this or don't. I'm not quite sure, but his first gig was with the Beatles. Right. I, I mean, just quite amazing, you know, just the... Uh, the trajectory of his his contributions to the world. Yeah, you know, no, no. He was he was an Abbey Road guy, wasn't he? In music. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. Yeah, he, uh, started as an intern. God, amazing! Now, how did you start, Jordan? Uh, I was always interested in music. I think uh, I was around eight to eight years old. I I knew I wanted to be a part of music. I just didn't know. In which way? Uh, my dad was a professional drummer before uh, my lifetime, um, and so I think it was just in my blood. And I, I played around uh, with drums and guitar and, and taught myself how to play piano. And then I heard uh, vocal. I was I was extremely fortunate to always hear great music as a child, and I I heard Steve Perry. Oh God! Sing. Yeah. And and that was just, I think that's what closed it for me, you know, amongst many other vocalists. But Steve Perry's, just his magic, it just set me on fire. Did you, and that's when I decided that's what I wanted to do. Have you met Steve Perry? 
I have not, not, not yet. I'm, I, I, I really hope to one day. I'm telling you, Jordan, Scott, I just interviewed him. Uh, I did an interview with, with Steve that was used across the country on radio stations, all the rest of it. Spent about two hours in studio with him. He, unbelievably nice man uh, to the point of I would ask him very personal questions. He always answered them. There were a couple of points where he kind of teared up during the interview because he's a very, he's a very nice man, a really nice man, very emotional. Of course, he's had loss in his life, uh, tragedy mm-hmm. in his life and all the rest of it. But, Jordan, when you meet him, you are going to be floored at what a great guy he is. He's amazing. He gave me a big hug after the interview and said, man, that was so much fun. Thank you. Great guy. Oh, man. Yeah, it seems to be a pattern, you know, with, with such um, – monumental artists you know with with their artistry it, it yep. seems that they're all they're all really solid people you know there there's no not a whole lot of ego or nope. or any other motivation behind their art it's just real you know humanity yeah you're absolutely and, right. and feeling you are 100 percent correct so now someday i get to tell people that i interviewed jordan asher huffman what do you think of that action <laughs> well, well, it's my it's my uh, extreme privilege to be on on your show. So thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's a great it's a great pleasure. Believe me, all the people over the over the years, Jordan Asher Huffman, new member of Alan Parsons Project musical team, featured on the song "The Secret." Tell me about the secret, if you would, Jordan. Yeah, uh, it was it was. Uh, I mean, so the, yeah, this is my debut. Um, you know, in the uh, in the big leagues. I, uh, the secret started out, um, you know, like all all of Alan's work, and I, I think any artist, will, you know, it comes up with a, an idea and a true uh, passion and alternate art form that Alan is uh, interested in is magic, and um, so he wanted to write something close to him, uh, and that's that's how the the secret was born, essentially. Um, so we all, uh, it was, re- it was really cool. Uh, the Alan announced the, um, the subject matter and then brought, you know, all of his band in and it, and it was truly a, a family, uh, exploration process. You know, it, everybody wrote a song, you know, regarding the, their, their, in, their interpretation of what magic is and, um, you know, some were completely li- literal, some were not, you know, cause there's, there's mad magic is such a, a uniform, uh, well, uniform is not the right word. It, it's uh very interpretive, you know, magic could be, you know, seeing the sunrise, it could be a baby born, it could be, you know, card tricks, it could be anything. So, uh, we wrote, we all wrote, uh, I wrote a song. Uh, the limelight fades away and that, uh, and I wasn't even pitching it. Um, and I wasn't, I didn't formally work with Alan at this point yet. Uh, he heard the song and he asked, uh, he, he called me about a month later and asked, uh, if I'd be interested in it being on the secret. And aside from that, me singing on the album. So to me, I was extremely floored. You know, yeah. it, so you didn't hang up it, thinking it was, it was a prank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. yeah. You know, at first I did. I was, I was just like, you know, that's funny. You know, I. Um, but then Alan, you know, in in his way, uh, just no, I'm very serious, and and that's how it happened. And um, and then Alan uh, got in and co-wrote with me as well, and we formulated it, and and uh, you know, just really dialed it in and and there it is i mean the the rest of the album uh is it's just it's so awesome to me because again alan is you know giving more to the world in art and music and it's just it's just a really really neat thing jordan have a question are you going to be uh are you going to be in nashville the the last week in october do you know if you're going to be home that week Last week of October, I think I am. All right. The reason I'm asking is uh, I, I mentioned the morning show that I do. 
We're going to come to Nashville the last week in October and do a couple of shows from down there. I would love to have you as an in-studio guest when we do that. That'd be terrific. Oh, I'd, I'd love, I'd absolutely love that. As, as far as I know, I, the schedule does say I'm home. So yeah, that would be great to have you in studio. Changes. I mean, for our, our, our listeners to be able to see you sitting there talking about, you know, how this all started, talking about working with Alan Parsons, you can bring Tabitha, but I don't know about the three cats, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, um, they, they like to party. You know, they'll be, they'll be more, yeah, <laughs> they'll be more active on the microphones than we will be probably. Yeah, probably true. So you're living in Nashville, by the way, has just become, it's the center of the musical universe now. Yes, it, it's, uh, it, I've been here before, um, cause I went to engineering school, um, not as a career, t- it was a career choice cause music was my career choice, but mm-hmm. I, uh, I went to uh, engineering school called um, uh, the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences, mm-hmm. and part of the the curriculum is you need to intern in a professional studio oh, okay. uh, to finalize your your growth. And I chose Nashville simply because of its uh, musical environment. You know, it's uh, there is no ulterior motive other than music in the music business in Nashville. And, uh, I got to come here and even then, you know, you walk into any club, any venue, any bar, the musicians are just uh, flawless. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. stunning. I think John Sebastian wrote a song about that back in the late sixties. Remember cats, Nashville baby. cats? They were Loved badass back, back then. They were in the late sixties. Yep. You're right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful city. Um, with, with wonderful people, just like everywhere. Yeah, just pretty much everywhere. Jordan, you bounce back between back and forth between Nashville and and Northern California. Uh, yeah, well, Southern California. Um, oh, Southern California, Northern okay. California. Right, right. Yeah, I, I grew up in Redding, um, but uh, Southern California because uh, Alan lives in Southern California, so I go back a lot there. Um, for family and friends, but also for music. Uh, Alan and I still are continuing on working together with original stuff. We are in the uh, in the midst of a new piece, which will be coming out this year. If not, uh, if not this year, it'll be early next year. So we're excited about that. That will be a, just a single mm-hmm. uh, with him and I. So. Jordan, you and, said you, uh, you said you were you you were born and grew up in Redding, California. Redding, California. Well, I was born in Texas, actually. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and uh, my my mother and father decided to move to Northern California when I was about four, so we landed in Redding. Yeah, the reason I ask you that is Ryan O'Callaghan, former NFL player. He's just released a book. Uh, Ryan O'Callaghan's a great guy. He was he born and grew up in Redding, California. As a matter of fact, um, oh wow, just a really really great guy. He he is an, uh, an offensive lineman, an openly gay man in the NFL. You know that that was probably a, probably a struggle, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, when if you ever get back to Redding and talk to Ryan O'Callaghan, he's a great guy. Really really good. Uh, he's, what, st- he's still there then. Yeah, yeah, he still lives in Reading. Yep, it's pretty amazing. I like that way you put that, Jordan. You yeah. go, he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because Reading was such yeah. a cool. I mean, it was it was awesome to grow up in. You know, you have the yeah. Mount Shasta right there, right in the the lake. I mean, every everything to do. You know, on on either season was there. It's just I left um, simply because. It was one of those towns, you know, it, it, you just, I, I knew there was a bigger world and I, I yeah, wanted to go yeah. see it Yeah, and, and come into myself, you know, whatever or whomever that might be. And I knew seeing different places, meeting different people from different spaces, it was the only way to do that. That is so cool. So now, how often do you work side by side with Alan Parsons? Uh well, so the uh, the last major tour, um, he invited me to come, yeah, uh, be a featured vocalist on the tour for uh, uh, one of his uh, hit singles. 
that I, I didn't sing on the album, but I sang it live. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was probably to answer the question often, um, it, whether I'm good. on tour or we're writing a song or working together in the studio, it's, he's primarily uh, will be always be, you know, my producer, as long as I am lucky enough to get hit by the muse and write a, a song worth recording. I, I have a question for you. I find this curious. I'm an amateur yeah. musician myself. When you write, do you do music first and then lyrics or the other way around? I, I, you know, that's a great question. I, I like music first because mu- the chord progression, I was just talking about this with my, uh, my vocal coach, that the music hits me and, and that's what inspires me. See, you know, I, the I'm movement. the same way and that's why I'm just floored. And I guess the most famous example, uh, but not the only one, is Bernie Taupin and Elton John. So Bernie Taupin just oh. hands him a couple of pieces of paper and it's got Tiny Dancer on it. And yeah. out comes oh, this great I song. I don't. I, I, my brain does not function that way. Right. Yeah, I wish I've, I've been. I've been studying so hard, you know, because there's there's things to learn, and, and I really try. My main motto in life is, um, you know, surround yourself with the people you would like to become. You know, in some essence, that yeah. doesn't mean try to make friends based on your own agenda. It means, you know, who do you want to be? You know, what do you want to do? And I've, I always learn the best from listening, watching, being around, you know, the fly on the wall. And, uh, cause it just rubs off on you. And you, you talk about Bernie Talpin and Elton John. I mean, those songs make you cry, you know, just mm-hmm. in the sound. And I've always been about sound. One of my faults, as a writer is lyrically, you know, because I never paid attention to it. My whole, you know, like, um, faithfully by journey, mm-hmm. yeah. you listen to the, the way that feels. And then, then you listen to the words and then the two come together and that's what, but just alone in sound and movement is so powerful. Even if you didn't even speak English, it moves you, you know? And yep. that's, I've always paid attention to that as a, as a musician and writer, Ed, but lyrics are extremely important. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I am, I'm gratified. I'm moved by music. It is a wonderful thing. Jordan, how, do, how would people reach out if they want to get a hold of your material? What's the best way to reach out and, and find all the, all the stuff you want? So I have on? A, a website, jordanhuffman.com, um, as well as, uh, I'm on social media, uh, as you introduced me, Jordan, Asher Huffman. Mm-hmm. Um, they can always reach out there, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like I'd love to meet everybody. Absolutely, Jordan. Give me a shout. We shall stay in touch, but I, I look forward. I'm hoping you're in in Nashville the last week in uh, in October. I'd love to meet you in person and have you come in and do the show. I think it'd be a you'd you'd have a ball. It'd be great to see you. Yeah, I, I would absolutely love that. Whatever needs to happen to make that happen, I know I know I'm here at the moment, so. We'll just count on it. We'll get it done. I'm looking at your phone number right now, so you won't be hard to find. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Oh, what a pleasure. Thank you so much, Tom. Our Have a great, great day. You too, sir. Jordan Asher right. Huffman, ladies and gentlemen, new member of Alan Parsons Project, musical team featured on the song The Secret. What a nice guy. Yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. We'll take a break. Car Selling Secrets up next with the family. <laughs> 